0: What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Mission Suite podcast. I'm Ian Campbell, I'm CEO of Mission Suite.
1: Welcome to the Insight Series from the Mission Suite podcast. This is a podcast for business owners where we'll be interviewing business coaches around the country for their insights on building a more successful business. Today, we're here with Dr. Thomas. Tommy Thomas and Company of Opposite Strengths, and I'm excited to be chatting with him today to learn a bit more on what he'll be able to bring us. Tommy, thank you so much for joining me here today.
0: Oh, I'm glad glad to be here. I think this is going to be a great conversation.
1: Of course, of course. Where are you joining us from?
0: Uh, I'm in Austin, Texas. I've been here for uh, ever since I graduated from the University of Texas with uh, a PhD in psychometrics.
1: Is that where you got your degree?
0: I got my degree. I got my undergraduate degree and my graduate degree at the University of Texas.
1: Oh, wow. Awesome. And is that where you started your business?
0: Uh, I started working with my dad who started the business that I have now. Uh, He was one of the first executive coaches uh, in the world, really, uh, working back in the 1950s and the 1960s. Um, he joined a firm called Rohr, Hibbler and Replogle, which is now a multinational uh, consulting firm, RHR International. Um, and at the time, he was one of the first psychologists working there and worked exclusively with uh, business executives, uh, which was kind of unusual for psychologists at the time. Um, but he did that exclusively five days a week, uh, you know, eight or nine hours a day working with business executives for about six years before he uh, switched up his uh, schedule.
1: Oh, wow. And so I could assume that your dad was a good uh, influence on you to your career path. And was there any other decisions that was that made you choose and decide on moving forward with being a business coach?
0: Well, I, uh, of course I grew up with my dad um, and my mother too, but uh, my dad uh, was a psychologist and we had similar personalities and similar interests. So I would spend a fair amount of time interacting with him in his study and asking him questions about philosophy and psychology. And he would tell me about his experiences so I, um, I, I I created, or I had created in me, I guess, an interest in people. And um, I furthered that in some of my uh, undergraduate work in sociology and anthropology and psychology. Uh, and then I also had a, uh, a real natural interest in mathematics. Uh, so I took uh, all the math courses I could in high school, I had the equivalent of a of an undergraduate uh, degree in mathematics when I entered college, uh, and then I was looking for after I graduated my with my undergraduate degree, I was searching for what I wanted to do, and I had two primary interests. One of them was people, uh, broadly defined, and that could be. Groups, people, and sociology it could be anthropology, cult, you know, the cultural side. Uh, could be psychology. It was all those, all those things. And I also had an interest in mathematics, so I took some uh, graduate courses in both. And I discovered that um, I, re- I really needed more of a grounded uh, career rather than just uh, like pure mathematics. And I also wanted something more structured and scientific than what anthropology and sociology, I thought, could offer me. So I kept looking around and I found this one small area in the uh, Department of Educational Psychology, and it was called psychometrics. And psychometrics was the application of statistics and research and design, research design uh, to uh, psychology. And so, to me, that was like the perfect uh, combination, and that's uh, that's where I spent my uh, my graduate years and ending up with my PhD.
1: I love that story. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, so, when how are you? How is psychiatry, or how are you intertwining psychiatry and business owners together? On how is that benefiting these business owners when you're working with them?
0: Well, I I don't I don't do anything with psychiatry because psychiatrists are medical doctors who have a little bit of training in psychology. So I'm uh, I'm a, a licensed psychologist in in Texas. Oh, uh, yeah. What I but I really learned when my dad had spent those uh, six years. Uh, Coaching and they weren't calling it coaching back then. Uh, the The profession of coaching wasn't uh, wasn't even around except in sports, uh, and he was one of the pioneers uh, to show that uh, you could use psychology in ways other than therapy and uh, you know, making people that were having, uh, uh, getting people that were having problems just to get up to normal, but you could use psychology to help people that were operating at a sort of an average level to up their game, to, uh, operate at, uh, high performance levels. And so he took off two years, um, uh, after those initial six years, went out on his own and worked worked half time continuing to work with executives, and the other half the time developing the concepts that are, are now we call opposite strengths. And these uh, the concepts of opposite strengths are all about how to understand who you are, uh, how to embrace the strengths that you have. And also how to access the other half of your natural self, which you don't naturally want to go to, so that you can bring all of the strengths that you have to bear in becoming a successful person.
1: That makes sense. Sorry about mixing up those words. Uh, (laughs) Completely different. And so, and when you're working with these business owners and helping them To be, to pull out their strengths, what's one of the biggest struggles that you're seeing them deal with?
0: Oh, uh, well, one of the biggest, (laughs) one of the biggest struggles, and it's, it's, it makes perfect sense. Uh, People tend to hire people like themselves. Uh, they so their logic goes, and it makes again, it makes perfect sense. You know, I do I do things a certain way, and I've been successful, so I need to hire people that are like me that do things like me. Uh, that's actually just the opposite of what they should be doing. They should be hiring people that are not like them. Uh, one of our clients who was the um, had uh, was the former superintendent of schools of the Dallas Independent School District and had been uh, President Reagan's uh, undersecretary of education, uh, put it a very, I thought, a very good way. He said, I already know how I think. I want to know how other people think. And so he he wanted to get a variety people with a variety of uh, expression of psychological strengths uh, on his board and working with him together so that so that they created a well-rounded viewpoint of all of their issues and and challenges
1: and so your walk your hand holding them through these processes of understanding not to hire people that are exactly like them and to realize hey maybe you should hire somebody that isn't exactly like you and to where you're not your strongest points I don't like to say weak but not your strongest point on let's hire somebody that can help you with that support and so, do you actually help the business owners hire or identify who would be a good fit for them?
0: Well, that's uh, that. That was one of the things my dad did in the early days,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, and we. Uh, I know, I know you were trying to use the word weakness there. We have uh, we've changed our terminology to go from strengths and weaknesses to lead strengths and supporting strengths. Because we want to reframe the way people see what they have uh, all in terms of all positives. So instead of strengths, which is a positive, and weaknesses, which people see as a negative, we want people to see that they have lead strengths, they have areas that they naturally prefer to use, and then they have supporting strengths, and these are areas that they, they don't prefer to use, but they still have within them. And actually when they develop those supporting strengths, that's what really fuels uh their uh their biggest uh, successes. Um, so we now uh we now in uh in we now work primarily in organizations where people are already there as opposed to um Assessing people uh, to be hired, uh, but what we do there is that we will uh, train all of the employees in the language of opposite strengths and uh, get people get them to understand and appreciate, particularly those people that are different from them, because almost everybody has this um, this inclination to think that. Everybody should be like them, and if they're not like them, then there must be something wrong with you, or or you need to learn how to do things like I do it, and, and that's exactly the the wrong way of thinking. The way of the way to think is that if you get a diverse uh, psychologically diverse group of people together, that the your ability as a group will far supersede the ability of the individuals, of the individual contributions. So it's learning how to communicate with people that are different from you and have relationships with them. Uh, Relationships become the key to successful organizations uh, and successful executives. Um, And so we, uh, we basically end up Changing, transforming the culture of the organization to go from usually one of competition, you know, everybody's trying to do their best and be promoted and everything, to a culture of collaboration where they discover that that's where they all succeed and the organization succeeds the the best as well.
1: And you're going into these companies and working with the entire team or with the leaders inside of the company?
0: Well, you, usually we start with the leader of the company, the CEO, and uh, work with him or her. And uh, they they learn these principles, and then we go with the with that with the CEO's team, uh, the C suite usually, and that's six to eight people. And so we work with them, and then once they understand that, typically they really like this this outlook which uh, uh, affirms everybody for who they are. And we don't try to change people. We just try to uh, show them how to grow and how to be more successful. And then each of those C-suite executives then says, well, I'm going to use this with my team. And then it sort of cascades down. If it's a hierarchical organization, it cascades down. And um, then we end up training and, and bringing opposite strengths to everybody in the organization. And what we find is that it takes uh, about 13 to 20% of the people in an organization to learn it before it, it becomes like really accepted. So until we get to that point, we have to educate and sort of market it and convince people that they need to go to these seminars and learn about this. But after we hit that tipping point of about 13 to 20 percent, then it switches over. Then we have waiting lists for the seminars and the training and the coaching and everybody's heard about it and they want to be a part of it. And that's where it really takes off in the organization and makes a big impact on the organization. So we start we really started out working with the individual executives um, and we still do that. But what we learned over the years was that we could have our biggest effect and the biggest impact when we would take it beyond just the CEOs and the C-suites and go down into the organization and have everybody learn this language of opposite strengths.
1: And so our audience currently is a lot of small to mid-sized businesses. And so are there any tools or advice that you would give to the leaders of these companies and the owner of the company, obviously, but how to identify the strengths and the support strengths inside of the company if they seem to be struggling with leadership and just having a great communication between everybody.
0: Well, uh, of course, I would recommend opposite strengths as the way as the way to to go, and it you know depending on resources and time and everything else, the the most uh, the the way to make the best use of the least amount of resources is for the CEO or the leader, president, uh, owner, whatever it may be, to understand these principles. And then demonstrate them through his or her own actions, and have everybody see that, and uh, and then model that from there. That's probably the the probably the easiest thing that that they can do, um, and then apply the principles in their own relationships. Um, the uh, the really key principle in relationships is to have an attitude of equality and so even in a hierarchical organization where people have different levels of positional power you you everybody treats one another as an as an equally valuable person everybody has the same amount of worth whether they're the janitor or the ceo everybody treats one another as an equal because no matter what two people that you compare anywhere in the world They are always going to be equal in value and worth as a person, but they're also going to be different and unique in wealth, education, gender, uh, makeup of psychological strengths. There's always going to be these differences. So if to have this, to go into it knowing that people are paradoxical and that we're all equal in value and worth, and yet we're all unique individuals in how we, uh, how we display ourselves.
1: And would you recommend any resources as well um, that really help these companies, could help these companies work more on how to be a better leader? As you were saying, your advice, lead by example, would you recommend anything to help with that type of mindset?
0: Well, I think uh, I, I did I read I think almost every leadership book that was that's was out there a few years ago. and I was what I was trying to get at was what are these people that are leadership experts? Uh, they all have different you know perspectives on what leadership is. In fact, there is really no accepted uh, single definition as to exactly what leadership is. Uh, but what I the the one common theme that I found in all of these leadership approaches was that the first thing that a good leader did was that they they knew who they were they understood themselves and so until you understand who you are uh, why you are motivated to do what you do how you do what you do what your lead strengths are what your supporting strengths are until you do that you will not be able to demonstrate um you know any kind of good leadership so self-understanding self-awareness uh self-criticism uh in a good way being uh, being uh, exposing yourself to your own thoughts about how you can do better uh, all of those are uh, I think almost universally, would uh, people would say that that is a crucial foundation for good leadership.
1: Well, thank you so much, Dr. Thomas. I really appreciate you jumping on this call with me and letting me pick your brain a bit on all your insights and experience. And I'm really excited to get this live to be able to help some of these small businesses that may be struggling with a lot of identifying their their strengths and opposite strengths as well.
0: <laughs> great. great. Well, thank you very much. I've really enjoyed this. It's been great talking about it. Great questions too. I appreciate all the great questions you've been asking.
1: Oh, thank you. I, I've i been working on it. I have some experience at this point now.
0: <laughs> well, you can only give good answers if you have good questions. So that's, I'll just leave it there.
1: Oh, I appreciate that. And to all be listening, thank you for being with us. Make sure to give us a rating and a review and let us know how we're doing, and we'll see you next time.
0: Hey, thanks so much for checking out our episode today. I really hope you found it valuable and got some good takeaways from it. If you did, do me a favor, subscribe or follow us on your favorite podcasting app and leave a review to let us know how we're doing. If you'd like to learn more about Mission Suite, check us out at www.themissionsuite.com. And there you'll find educational resources and information about our platform. Also, don't forget to check us out on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube, and be a part of the conversation. And we'll be back soon. Cheers.